Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Finger Guns podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Roscoe Keniston, and I'm joined this week by Mr. Greg Hicks, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. And we have two very special guests of us today, CEO of Infinite State, Mr. Charlie Scott Skinner. Hello. And creative director, Mike Dorr. Hello. How are you doing both, all right? Yeah, really good, cheers. Yeah, very, very nice. Good, good, good. Thank you very much for joining us on our humble little podcast. Yeah, no trouble at all. No trouble at all. Very nice indeed to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. We're all big fans of your games. Uh, If you don't know, Infinite State are the creators of the terrific Don't Die, Mr. Robot. The even more terrific, in my opinion, Rogue Aces! I had to, that, that may not be the last one. Um, <laughs> that does bake stuff. itself in. <laughs> I have. Yeah, my girlfriend's been going crazy. Stop shouting rogue aces at people. <laughs> I can't help it. See, now he does course, the voice for that, by the way. Who does the voice for that? It's uh, um, the guy who does the voice for Scooby and Shaggy, and he did Johnny Bravo. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, introduce the, the, the No, the that's episode. wild, man. That's a great fact. That's why you yeah. listen to this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It beats my, uh, it beats my John St. John one last week. And of course, yes, uh, the upcoming uh, Family Tree, a puzzle action game coming to Nintendo Switch. Ah, yes. Yes, oh, yes. Can we, can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, you can talk yeah, yeah. about that. Absolutely, yeah. Grant, so tell me everything we need to know about Family Tree right now. Go! <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've just we've just had a day on it actually. Uh, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle platformer. It's an action platformer. Uh, it's a mixture of golf and pinball, and uh, uh, that's like what it's like to play. What it, it's basically a story about a, a little berry called Mister Fruits, and uh, he's had all of his little uh, babies taken away and turned into fruit by an evil skull called Pedro, and he bounces <laughs> around. Uh, he bounces around trees. And it's pretty, and it's uh, colourful, and it's kind of like we're, we're kind of it's kind of designed to make you grin. That's the plan. Yeah, old school arcade feel good. Yeah, it certainly gives off that vibe from the um, from the trailer. It's uh, very bright. I can I can only imagine how kind of bright and vibrant it looks on the Switch screen. Yeah, yeah, it does look good. It does look good actually. Yeah, looking forward to getting it out there. Yeah, I'm sure. looking. I'm 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 looking forward to playing it. When when can I when when can I play it? What's what's when? Ah, uh, that's that's always the question. <laughs> that's always the question. Oh, you done it now, Ross? Yeah. Um, well, you know, just get in there, just straight away, just you know, no messing around. Well, we're kind of at the stage where we, I mean, like all the levels, are, all the levels are done. All uh, we're just kind of like dropping the art in. We're sorting the UI. We're at the stage where we're kind of thinking: mm, Do we self-publish or? Do we go with a publisher? So we're kind of chatting to a couple of publishers, but uh, still undecided exactly the way to go with it. Um, so absolutely no firm date at all. Charlie, do you want to dip your toe into the scary waters? Yeah, well, we're just trying to get it out ASAP, really, because we've got we've got many things to do, and uh, we're just uh, we're just it's adding polish at the moment, which is always the slow bit, but the fun bit. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's, it's fair enough. Um, so yeah, we're, yeah, we're swerving. On. We're swerving from giving you a month, mate. That's all right. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> we can't give you a hard date because um, it's, it's, it's like how long's a bit of string. But we are we are rushing to get it out as soon as we possibly can around day jobs and things like that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not like we don't like 
you know, it's not like we've got to keep getting the games out or else we can't support a studio or whatever, you know, we're, we're, because we're sort of doing all this around day jobs. We, you know, there's no, there's no rush. The only rush is it's nice to bang stuff out. <laughs> move on <to> yeah. <laughs> and, and move on to the next one. Yeah, we've got quite a busy year planned with with, with one thing and another. But yeah, uh, as soon as we got um, this one exactly as we want it, we'll put it out. Fantastic! I can't wait. Uh, it, the game is described as a vertizontal, <laughs> vertizontal golf course slash pinball table psychedelic action puzzle platformer. Yeah, we might tighten that up a bit. <laughs> 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 it doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I mean, the, the problem with uh, the problem with Family Tree is it's not really like anything. Uh, so you you're really better off going. Look, it's cute and uh, it's, it's it's really trippy and it's really uh, uh, exhilarating. Um, and you don't need to be particularly good at puzzles and you don't need to be particularly good at action to have a good time with it. Um, but how, how do you shoot on that, man? You no, you don't. You leave it like that. That's exactly what you do. You know, that, <laughs> okay. I want that. But like, the box art is just that. Just the words. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Comic Sans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like... So, uh, the, I, the, sorry, Sean, go on. I, I've, been, I've been keeping an eye on Family Tree for quite a while since you first announced that it was, was coming out. Um, and some of the gifts that you've... So, like, if you if you are following these guys on Twitter, please do so, because... And we will link the stuff to in the in the description or whatever, because the gifts that they send out about this game is is well well tidy. Um, ah, thank you. It's it's a pleasure. Um, one of the things I saw in one of the the recent gifts was with the fact that it looks like there are optional collectibles. Um, it looks like the game has a has a necessary difficulty, but then there is things that you can go out of your way to get. Is that is that the case? Uh, yeah, I mean, so the way it's designed is that we really wanted to make something that. Any, anyone can play, basically. So it, it kind of like the same as Yoshi's story on the N64 in that if you're a kid and you just want to plow through and get to the end of you know every level you can, but if you want to do it right and get the full you know the full gamut of uh, of particle effects and uh, color cycling, then you're going to need to get all the all the things. So it's kind of like every level is a kind of a you, you can get to the end to start with, and then you want to play it again to get all the things. But yeah, it's an optional collectible collect them up. Stick that on the list of flipping words. <laughs> on the buzzword list. So yeah. it's an optional collectible collectible vertizontal golf course pinball table psychedelic action puzzle platformer. Ship it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Somebody check somebody check Roscoe's not just fainted. Just, yeah. just <laughs> The one thing I have noticed about Family Tree and I guess through the rest of your work as well, is that they're all very different from each other. I mean, No Dumbest Robot is very different to Rogue Aces, which is very different to Family Tree. Is it is it is that is that on purpose or is it um, just wanting to do something different every time, without having to kind of stick to one particular genre? Charlie, uh, yeah, it's a bit of both, really. We but we kind of bounce between my ideas and Mike's ideas, and we don't really like getting stuck in a rut. We just like to mix it up. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we're um, we're 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 I don't know how do you say it we. We're in an awkward sort of uh, age gap where we're not kind of like the new kids on the block, but we're not old enough to be veterans. But any, either way, we've got so many years worth of weird little ideas that we want to <laughs> make. <laughs> we want to make, um, and yeah, they all are completely disparate. You know, we're both pretty uh, uh, varied gamers. We, we both play a lot of different genres. We've got our favourites, but um, you know, because of that, our inspiration comes from so many places. 
uh, it would it would seem silly to to keep you know to keep making an album that sounded identical to your first album if you were an artist. I think, and I think it, it uh, reflects on games as well. Absolutely, that, that catch twenty two. If you make the same game, everyone gets bored of it. But if right. you make it different, everyone goes, "Oh, they changed." So you got to yeah. start that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we made something that's suddenly selling like ten million copies, then. Guess what? We would probably make a similar yeah. one after. <laughs> I mean, Call, Call, exactly. I mean, yeah. Call of Duty didn't exactly have a one-off hit, did it? It just spawned and spawned and spawned the same thing, and everyone love hates it. So, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, yep. the one thing that you could say about all of your game is is they are, they are arcadey. So, like, they have an arcade theme, like. You know, don't die, Mr. Robot, very arcadey. Like, I could have spent, if that was in the arcade, I could have spent a small fortune. I wouldn't have a roof on, over my head if that, if that <laughs> game was going operating. Um, and then you've got Rogue Aces, which is like very arcadey again. Like, you could see that in the cabinet, twin sticks, you know, you could see that that happening. And then uh, with Family Tree, same again, arcade bent. Um, is yeah. that like, is that your favorite? Is that something you always go for, the arcadey feel to it? Uh, not intentionally, but I do think that is is very much our prime strength because uh, we both come from those roots. Uh, we do like to to get a tight arcade core loop. I mean, if we had more money and resources and stuff, we'd probably put a nicely written story around it or something. But yeah. it's just a couple of guys. You just got to polish up that loop and and uh, make it fun. Yeah, I think I think I think Charlie's really right there because i think right in the in, in the core of our kind of game design process because we were always like initially quite prototype heavy um and so the entire game is based around uh, you know a really minimal condensed uh, but really rewarding loop we tend to that you know that tends to be an arcade experience when you design games around uh, like um a, a small quick loop you're just going to get arcade games but yeah we yeah we also played a, a shitload of arcade games when we were young <laughs> If I mean, you if you mind, look, I'm going to get in. Sorry, go on. Charlie, go so on. I was just going to say, if you look at something like Destiny, uh, if you strip away all the AAA kind of art assets and polish and stuff, it's just a really tight 30 second gun loop, isn't it? Yeah, and that's, that's very, very much what we do without the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, remember that when I'm playing Family Tree. I was like, yeah, this is like Destiny, <laughs> just like Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> I'll stick that in the review. <laughs> Put that on the box. Uh, oh yes, yes. I, I don't know. You're gonna you're gonna run out of room soon for the box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, mention following you on Twitter. Um, Rogue Aces uh, went on PS Plus a little while back. Yes, and um, it seemed to garner an entirely new audience, and it was it was pretty cool to see. I mean, I was wondering from a developer perspective, what's the you know, aside from like the mobile audience, what's the benefit of PS Plus, and what did you see like a real uptake in, in people taking on the game from that? Well, we certainly saw a huge, huge influx in um, people tweeting about the game, people talking about it, and more more people streaming it than we've ever seen. Uh, so that was great, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's loads of uh, it's, it's got nice reviews now on uh, on the PlayStation Store. It's nice to see it sitting up up there in high numbers but um yeah it's it, it, it's safe to say it was quite disappointing before it hit plus though i mean the numbers on on sony weren't 
Great. No. Uh, but but I, yeah, I think it'll, it'll plus also was worth, great for us. Yeah, yeah. Worth noting with plus that you know we we don't get we don't get remunerated per copy. <laughs> but um, it, the the important I think yeah the main benefit of plus was suddenly we got to see loads of people playing it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that happened because Rogue Aces is uh, is awesome. Cheers. Yeah, Cheers. and because because yeah. we haven't got to keep an office going and staff paid and stuff, that's really uh, our, our best reward is just seeing people out there streaming it, enjoying it, and and loving it really. So, what is yeah. your what is your situation? Is it is it are you do you work together? Do you work separately? How did you meet? Let's get <laughs> deep into that. <laughs> Oh yeah, let me let me let me take this from me, Charlie. Well, yeah, go and for please, it. please please interject uh, uh, at the right time. Basically, <laughs> I think it must have been about two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Yeah, I, I I somehow blagged a job uh, as a, a game producer <laughs> on uh, on Game Boy Advance games somewhere in Croydon, and uh, we uh, we just got this new license. It was this Cartoon Network show called Shaolin Showdown, and we were doing oh, the. Yeah. Um, and we were doing the Nintendo DS uh, game of it, um, and uh, we needed an extra coder. And then in comes in comes Charlie. And, uh... Actually, it was a weird thing because um, I I interviewed at that company must have been about a year year and a half before, and they oh, were right. going to give going to give me a job porting a load of uh, Game Boy stuff that they had coming in. And uh, that that fizzled out, never happened. So I got another job, and then I uh, went off and lived in Sweden for six months, I think. And then when I came back, oh. I needed a job, and they phoned up and said, "Oh, look, we're looking." I was like, "Oh, that's handy because I'm looking." And so uh, that's yeah, that's... yeah. So, so the first the first game we worked on together back there was. Uh, your first project was was doing that bowling game. This, yeah. sort of mi- this mini game uh, in Shaolin Showdown was like there was like a volcano and then like a, a hole in it with a load of bowling pins, and you had to throw this bowling ball down. And uh, and uh, he, he was making. Now I've always been a big fan of bowling games, so uh, I decided to work quite closely with Charlie on this particular <laughs> mini game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I don't want to blow our own trumpet, Charlie, but I think you made the best goddamn bowling game on the DS, even though it was a mini game in a in a kids' cartoon. Cheers, game. man. Yeah, well, I remember one day uh, the boss Dave came in and went, "Who did this bowling mini game?" I was like, "Oh no, what's wrong with it?" Uh, I went, in "Me." And he went, "Oh, it's pretty good, isn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, cheers. Oh uh, yeah, it, it it was flipping brilliant that bowling. Anyway, so um. Yeah, and then uh, through through you know chatting and me spending way too much time playing this bowling mini game when I should have been producing the rest <laughs> of the game, uh, you know we ended up finding out for various uh, things in common, R type <laughs> things like that. <laughs> oh, isn't, there a, isn't there a new one coming out soon? Ah. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> oh no, no, let's not poke that bear. No, it's not, Charlie. Don't worry, it's not. It was an April Fool's, mate. I'm afraid. I know he texted you earlier saying, I've just seen our type Final 2 has been announced. <gasps> no, oh. no, no, no. That's a good... Sorry. I'm, I'm glad you you, yeah. you kind of blew that up and burst it straight away because I would have been uh, very excited about that. I know, I know. But no, it was a flipping prankaroo. Oh. oh some rascals at you. Mm. Yeah. R-Type <laughs> Final's my, my ultimate schmuck. He yeah, Mike, Mike did give us the head up on that. 
anyway, anyway, where were we? So anyway, so we we does a few games uh, working at this company called Razorback. Um, uh, we did the Chase Felix meets Felicity on the DS. That was mainly me and Charlie and an artist. We did uh, Dragonology on the DS. We did a, a Bellasara horse, adventure, <laughs> horse adventures, um, and it was great banger. days. Absolute and banger. Then, yeah. And then uh, that 2009 hit financial crash and like games companies closing. I think our games company decided to go and just make Bible games, didn't it, with two people for a bit? Yeah, they um, kept me on for a bit to do that. Um, that yeah, interactive book thing, Noah's Ark, whatever it was. Yeah, and uh, I uh, <laughs> and I kind of hopped off to this um, to a couple of other companies, and then I ended up in uh, in Scotland and Dundee and Glasgow. And you were what were you doing? You were with a I went, uh, I, I decided getting made redundant every two or three years was boring. So I thought, right, I'm going to go corporate. So I went corporate and got made redundant every two or three years. <laughs> so, oh so I went back to games. Yeah, but, um, yeah we've been trundling along ever since doing, doing our thing, haven't we? Yeah, it was about because it was it was about that sort of time when Charlie's in corporate and I was in in Scotland. That um, uh, he Charlie was doing a little game on the iPhone called Extreme Golf, and uh, I kind of just just went, oh, it's also music for that. So I used to do the music as well for the the S games, and then uh, and then we and then we had to, and then we just started making games again. Um, yeah, iPhone. <laughs> that was yeah. That's where we really started ISG, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much the potted history, chaps. What a lovely history that was! I love that. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it's better than it's better than Ross's uh, Ross and I's, which is just we went to school together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was it. Oh. Yeah. That's a classic, though, isn't it? Well, we worked we worked together professionally. Oh yeah, no, sorry, we selling video games. games. We worked in Game Station for a while together. Sorry, I completely forgot yeah. that. Whereabouts? In Somerset. In, yeah. Somerset. Yeah. Okay. Purposefully vague there, I'm sensing. Oh no, sorry, Tottenham. I didn't. I didn't know if, uh, if, you, if you knew if you knew you Somerset very well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Taunton. Yeah, yeah uh, good old Taunton before it uh, game uh, game bought game station and then proceeded to close them yeah. one by one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm from I'm from Western Supermare, so I know the I know the. Oh, oh lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Western Supermare. Who doesn't? Hey, who doesn't? The pier <laughs> is the, is one of the greatest places. It was before it burned down. Yeah, but then they built it back up, <laughs> and it was even yeah. better. And now it's got a go kart track in it, which I still haven't been on yet. Oh, it's amazing! I've been uh, on that. It's got some really good new arcade games now. It's got it's had Pac-Man Battle Royale for um, a good three or four years. You know that four-player one? Um, mm-hmm. It's got it's got this. You know that amazing massive Space Invaders? It's like a massive plasma screen, but but vertical. Yes, you, you, yeah, they have one in Hollywood Bowl, Ross. We played it. We... Yeah, we yeah we have played that. Yeah, you shoot. It's it's got the the uh, the guns on it. Is that the one you sit down? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they got the lot. Yeah, West has got love it. it all. I went there and I remember playing a massive um, Connect version of Fruit Ninja in the arcade. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah, it's the Las Vegas of Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Sure, you should come down and visit. And then we've got the, uh, the English era of Torquay uh, down south. We've got it all. I was down there last last week. I was down. In, oh, drove through it anyway. Went to Dartmouth. Very nice too. There you go, boys. <laughs> I went to Dartmouth. 
we're getting like, all the exclusives here like, on this podcast. It sounds yeah. like a tour, it sounds like a tourism promotion for the uh, for the gaming yeah. community outside of Somerset. Wait, can we just go back to the? There's a go kart thing on the pier. That's right. Is that yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah, that I, a recipe for disaster? Well, the funny thing is, mate, as well, it's not on the ground floor. It's on this sort of. <laughs> it's on this sort of. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's not rickety, but it's on this rickety ass mezzanine. So you're walking around the, you know, the next to Pac-Man, and you suddenly hear. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the thing is, every go kart like track I've ever it. seen has a car going off the side at high speed. Ah. Yeah. Then they put walls in afterwards. <laughs> Oh, I just like the idea of people flying off the pier in go karts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's your next game. That is a game waiting to happen, <laughs> isn't it? For sure. Forget stay super on, sprint. Stay on the go karts for a minute. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a lifeboat sim. <laughs> <laughs> you might need one of those afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, Sean, you're up there in the north, man. You're missing out. You need to I come know. and join us down in the south. North of the wall. Winter is coming, etc. Et Anything above Bristol is north. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll come and visit you guys one day. You know, when they let me out of Stoke. Just be careful. We have <laughs> we have sunshine down here. Sun? What? Yeah. What? What's what's the sun? <laughs> we have sun. We have four G. It's all very exciting down here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, cheers, guys. We're gonna uh, if you uh, fancy sticking around, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take on uh, Sean's almighty video game quiz now. Last week, if you remember, on last week's podcast, which is now available on iClue, on iClune, iTunes, Spotify, Mixcloud, and Podbean, you can go and check it out. Uh, Sean challenged myself, Greg, and Paul to a video game quiz, and I came last, and it's really pissed me off ever since. <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try it a little bit harder this time, but with guests. Guest uh, competitors, uh, Charlie and Mike from Infinite State. This should be a thing. We should we, we should challenge developers every week on their video game knowledge. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I got this. Well, I got this. Least, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah. I'll do anything pre nineteen eighty six, Charlie. You can you can do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as long as it's Monster Hunter or Dark Souls, <laughs> I'm golden. Right, we good. <laughs> we good. Uh, right, Sean, over to you. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to do the theme tune. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Spinger Guns Trivia Challenge. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so, obviously, last week, um, Greg won the quiz. Um, and the, the request was to make the questions slightly harder. Um, because he got I'm 9 out of 10. No, I wasn't. It wasn't me that made them hard. It wasn't my request, was it? it well, you got nine, nine out of ten, and you yeah. said you almost got the tenth. So we're going to make them slightly hard. What? That, mean, um, that means I want easy answers again. Ah, uh, we'll see about that. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's just dive straight in. So, question one: What is the name of the island installation that Solid Snake infiltrates in Metal Gear Solid? Oh, I thought these were going to be hard. I should yeah. stress um, if you uh, write these down rather than say them out loud. If you have yeah, a sorry, yeah. ability to do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll go through the questions and then go through the answers towards the end of the podcast. So question one was, what is the name of the island installation that Solid Snake infiltrates in Metal Gear Solid? The archipelago. Charlie's Barry Island, right down Barry Island. <laughs> 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 oh, some great tactics, that. Give him all the answers, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um... 
question I two. I don't know that one. Should I, should, should I? I've never played Metal Gear Solid, mate. Uh, poser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, like everyone should have, sorry. Alright, question two. What does the abbreviation STARS stand for in Resident Evil? Oh, crikey. Um, so, question two is what does the abbreviation STARS stand for in Resident Evil? And I will take either either one, so there are two. You're asking Greg this, like the biggest Capcom fan in the world. The biggest, the biggest Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried this is getting a bit, uh, <coughs> getting a bit biased here. Um, hang on a minute, like, you, you haven't even heard all the questions yet. That's do, you to, do you want to just wind your neck in just a little oh, bit before... There you are! <laughs> right, uh, question three. In 1979, David Crane, Larry Kaplan, Alan Miller, and Bob Whitehead all left Atari to form which video game developer? It was the first ever independent game developer. So in 1979, David Crane, Larry Kaplan, Alan Miller, and Bob Whitehead all left Atari to form which video game developer? Can we go back to the Metal Gear Solid questions? No. <laughs> I, think my, I think my gamma has run off your eye. It'll come round. Don't worry. Oh! I know this! I don't. I should, but I don't. If only you were paying attention to my Twitter when I was absolutely drugged out of my brain on Cocodamol <laughs> last week and tweeting <laughs> about this furiously. <laughs> I mean, I could have done. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, question four. Um, Fred Durst, the, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit, is a guest fighter in which video game? Do you want the or the actual number of games? Because that might be. Um, he's only in one. Yeah, I don't know if it's really one. Um... So that's Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Biscuit, is a guest fighter in which video game? Subtitle of it. Charlie and Mike, how you getting on? <laughs> I'm waiting for one I can answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got the 1979 one. Okay. <laughs> right. Question five. If I was to say to you, you fight like a dairy farmer, what would be the correct response? Oh. You know, we all live in Somerset, right? That's very racist. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know. Wow. I know, where, I know where it's from, but I don't know the... I don't I know. Say, I want to say dead or alive, but it's not. The response. Um... Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Right, okay, question five. What if I was to say to you, you fight like a dairy farmer? What would be so the correct really response? Obvious, so I'm just drawing a complete blank. It's from, um, it's from uh, Monkey Island. It's an absolute Okay. <laughs> question six. Which company developed and published the game G-Police? Ah! <laughs> I 
So question six was, which company developed and published the game G Please? I wonder if it's the same one as the Demolition Derby. That's not giving the answer away. Because it might be wrong, so. You write down whatever you feel, buddy. I will. I never know <laughs> I, I never know how to pronounce it. Badly. Yeah. Well this will be fun then, because I'm not entirely sure either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question go, seven. Go, go to the devs for that one and the answers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, question seven in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there are nine hundred of these for you to collect around Hyrule. What are they? Whatever Japanese is for little shits. Um, <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, fuck it. I haven't played Breath of the Wild, so. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I think I've got Greg out on this. This is great. <laughs> oh, no, okay. <laughs> Right. Yeah, 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 you know, you know, I was accused of bias. <laughs> right, question eight. What is the name of the town in which both Life is Strange and the prequel Before the Storm is set? So that was, what is the name of the town in which both Life is Strange and the prequel Before the Storm is set? Nailed it. weird town name it is it is okay question nine how many fingers does crash bandicoot have on each of his hands and i'm including his thumb ah, right. no like that one threw me i'll be honest we need that, that um, like Jeopardy music whenever people require that. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay. One more time before I move on. How many fingers does Crash Bandicoot have on each of his hands? Okay, so um, question 10. What is the name of the card game that first appeared in Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah, I don't know this one. I, we were talking about it yesterday at the pub, so... If I get this wrong, I will punch myself. Oh, please get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more card before I move on. What is the name of the card game that first appeared in Final Fantasy VIII? Okay, um, question 11. What was the name of THQ's ill-fated drawing tablet gaming peripheral? Oh, God, that thing. That is a pile of plastic wank. Which I genuinely loved and was sad to see it die as quickly as it did. Especially because I spent £50 for it to be £5 in HMV the very next day. Oh, that's a bit of pill, isn't it? <laughs> that was hard, hard to take, hard to take. Okay, question 11 was what was the name of THQ's ill fated drawing tablet gaming peripheral? Um, question 12. In Mike Bithell's Indie Smash, Thomas was alone. What colour was Thomas? Good question, John. 
So that question was, in Mike Bethel's Indie Smash, Thomas was alone. What colour was Thomas? Question 13. What is the name of the player character in, 19, in the 1999 game Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's very quiet, isn't it? Yeah. It is. What's what? There's a lot of think. There's a lot of thinking going on on this podcast. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> okay, but one more time. What is the name of the player character in the 1999 game Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver? There's a there's a series that died, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. really sad. Um. Okay, an easy one. <laughs> Uncharted's Nathan Drake is self is the self-proclaimed ancestor of which real-world sea captain, slave trader, and explorer? Uncharted's Nathan Drake. <laughs> Uncharted's Nathan Drake is the self-proclaimed ancestor of which real-world sea captain, slave trader, and explorer? Is that mentioned in Uncharted 4? Because that's the only one I've played. No, it's did, mentioned in all four. He denounces it in Uncharted 4. He denounces it in Uncharted 4. Well, you find out that Drake's not their real name. Question 15. Name two of the playable legends currently available to play in Respawn's Apex Legends. Did you already play that at some point? <laughs> The question 15 was, name two of the playable legends currently available in, available to play in Respawn's Apex Legends. And that is your lot. Loads tougher this week. I kind of want the answers. I know we've got to be patient and wait, but I kind of want the answers now. That was tough. That was. Thank you very much indeed, John. That was, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be thinking about some of those for ages now. It's a pleasure. Uh, Charlie and Mike, are you, are you out there? Are you okay? That was yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, I made a little cup of tea during that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, some news this week. It's been a little bit quiet uh, this week in in the world of uh, gaming news, but a couple of things have happened. Not only, more than anything, uh, Borderlands 3 has finally, finally been revealed to an audience at uh, Gearbox's amazing conference. Does anyone see it? How how quickly we forget <laughs> about have we all forgotten about his USB stick action? Apparently so. Yeah, we're just, yeah. we just going to completely let this slide. The fact that this guy left USB. Are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Go. yeah. This guy left USB sticks of uh, 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 unpleasant material, underage uh, grot. Let's not you know. Let's not beat around the bush. This guy left it around the place. A year later, we're saying he's awesome. Look at his game. Um, it, how, how the fuck does that happen? So, Borderlands 3 was revealed. and <laughs> no, you, you, are, you are absolutely right there, though. You know, we... Don't let it go, you know. It's like Dr. Shipman. <laughs> it's like, sorry, uh, uh, David Kelly. You know, I, I don't know why we're always letting it go, because he's dangling the game in front of our face. Yeah. I am totally. Do you know what was weird? Right? I I tweeted about this after it happened, and I have a friend that works at Gearbox, a friend that um, I've known for about five or six years, um, and started out doing indie games, ended up working at Gearbox on on some of their um, you know crappier games, 
and they after after I tweeted and said like I I'm not sure I can be excited about Borderlands Three because you know <laughs> you know Randy Pitchford may or may not have left a USB full of kiddie porn <laughs> in, in in a in a in a restaurant and um, he may yeah, or think... may not have have, have stolen a, a million dollars worth of bonuses from right. employees. Yeah, and like, I mean. You know, you, you be, be excited about the game. There's people's wages, you know, like depending on it. But let's not, let's not, get, let's not somebody get off the hook because he's making a pretty game. Oh yeah, like that was like a pity party for him. Really wanted because it was like it, the, the fact that he had the audacity to pull a magic trick on stage. Like, hi, like <laughs> everybody's fucking expecting the USB to stick to be behind the fucking card. <laughs> Nobody was thinking this. Oh my god, he is not doing this. Like there is no fucking way that he's standing there and pulling a magic trick on stage when literally the like the solicitors are standing by the stage, the lawyers are like <laughs> hovering yeah, yeah, nearby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do not fucking say anything, Randy. Don't say anything for fuck's sake. <laughs> I cannot believe he was even there. To be honest, I can't believe they put him in front of center that entire thing. Do you think they had? Um, it, like, it'd be funny if they had it like the, like the Pope does when he goes out like this big glass partition in a way that <laughs> bulletproof glass partition, so no one can. Uh, <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. At yeah. Him. Some chicken well, wire. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that, uh, yeah, that was didn't seem to uh, didn't seem to mind too much. It's it's almost like it's it's almost like oh I'm in trouble, but smoke bomb Borderlands three and everyone goes yeah ooh <laughs> oh it's pretty. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't forget that there is uh, hundreds of uh, developers working on this thing who yeah, uh, yeah. who do deserve the attention and uh, the focus of this game because it does look pretty. I mean, it looks like it looks like freaking Borderlands. I don't know what else there is to say about it, really. I mean, it's there's so little detail right now. They're like, come back on April third. It's like, what? That's like three days away. Can you have just <laughs> done, done it all in one? It doesn't make any it's, sense. It's, it's, it's the modern age, isn't it? It's a teaser for a teaser. It's to get you peaking your interest to peak interest at a trailer for a game that's eventually going to come out. Yeah. Oh god, this did, damn industry. Honestly, it doesn't make any sense. To me. <laughs> did you uh, did you ha- happen to catch the the leak? the day before the trailer was released, which basically said everything that needed to be said. Uh, no, I didn't see that. Well. Strap okay. yourselves in. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> um, so basically this, this leak came out the day before and everyone kind of waved it away because it was on Reddit and you know nothing is true on Reddit. But um, this, this leak basically said that it, it identified the two villains as twins. The woman's a siren. The guy's got siren-like powers. It was like this guy basically dropped everything on on the day before the the trailer went live and uh, signed it off with "fuck Randy," <laughs> but, <laughs> and disgruntled father. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, like so. Basically, they they are slimming down the gun type, so they're getting rid of rid of um, slag and ice and laser, and I think they they, they said they're going to replace them with others. Such as, and that they know that one's going to be nuclear. Um, guns are going to be totally modifiable. Um, the the characters all sound pretty interesting. The old stealth guy. Uh, so they always have kind of a, a set for for different classes. And your your gun type one is like a um, Apex Legends bandolier kind of lady. Um, well, that's going on the quiz. Yeah, just thought I'd give you an answer there, buddy. Um, I'm not going to give you another one. You needed to. Um, <laughs> um, so the um, the old so the stealth guy is apparently basically a Batman ripoff. 
What, Mal- so, Malachi? Yeah. So, well, yeah, the new version. So in the game, they've got four okay. new characters that fill those kind of base roles. Oh, I assume it was the returning one. No, so he's he's in it. Um, and this new this new stealth guy is like Batman. So he's like wears a suit, but also turns into like a stealth Batman when he when he wants to. Um, and Tiny Tina's back. The important thing, Tiny Tina is back, but she's not so tiny anymore. She's a bit grown up. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the irony of of having the child come back, but as an adult, <laughs> not lost. She's in a uh, safety precaution, I think. Yeah, that's that's under advisement <laughs> in the legal department. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's I Borderlands Three. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good, uh, and it it did look good. I mean, it looks it looks like Borderlands Two DLC to me right now. I'm, I can't like, really get hugely excited about it. Nah. But Reese from Tales is in it, which is quite exciting. Uh, that's a nice addition. I'm glad that they're including him in, as part of the world. That's something yeah. that I liked about it anyway. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, so that's uh, Borderlands 3. You can tell the developers from Infinite State are very excited about that release. <laughs> and kind of got halfway through it and then saw I got a bit bored of it because I got sick of checking guns every two seconds. I'm waiting to get Borderlands VR when there's a physical, if. Ah, right. Um, but I'm still cross with them about the whole aliens thing. So uh, <laughs> yes. not rushing to buy it. You're not a fan, Greg. Well, Colonial Marines? No, it's a pile of shite. Oh, did you did you ever hear about the um the reason why it was a massive pile of shite? Uh, yeah, uh, it was outsourced. About the the coding mistake. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There was a yeah, very yeah. there was it a was, tiny mistake in the code. It was one extra. Was it one extra number or one extra vowel or something in the code? So that it was, was zero. the enemy. It was the enemy AI, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, to yeah. be fair, I don't think all its problems boil down. No, to no, but that was. That's, apparently they, they saw like a mass a, a big influx of people playing it after they patched it and went, Oh, no, it's still shit. It, yeah. It it had some weak effects. The online was really good though, actually. I played that quite a bit. I didn't even try that. No, if if I want an alien fun. game, I'll stick to isolation. Uh yeah, I've got that. I haven't tried it yet. I'd not? love oh. it to be in PSVR, but oh, I've got oh, a whole stack good. of unplayed games. Alien Isolation is I, I said it before, I think the other week or the week before, one of my favourite games, but it takes years off my life because it's so good. <laughs> there is a VR um, version of Alien Isolation out there. On PC um, though. I've only well, got um it was so one of the developers who was working on a, a a different, well, I'm going to say the PSVR version. Um, they were, um, they moved company afterwards. So they, uh, what was his name? He moved to to work at Sony um, Manchester, right. and then has moved on to work at Supermassive um, on their um, VR games that they got there. Yeah. But he, I I spoke to him off the record, um, so we better not say his name or his words <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, basically it was a PSVR version in in the mix, but they weren't convinced that the sales of the PSVR would be worth the the effort that we would put in. Uh, and obviously, frustrating. It is, yeah. And then obviously, Creative Assembly have gone on to do other things. So, what a massive shame. Uh, Fire 
fire sprite studios you know the ex studio liverpool guys to just yeah. take their persistence engine drop a couple of uh assault rifles and motion track and some aliens, <laughs> ship it do you, do you know what so that's that studio um that they've got some amazing stuff i don't know if you guys you should speak to those guys um what fire sprite yeah uh, yeah, the, the, one of the guys that runs it, um, his brother runs a, a, a hardware store uh, that some of you pro- uh, West uh, Somerset people might know. Proper job. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- <laughs> I, I worked at this hardware store where we were making rogue aces, and uh, yeah, the the brother that owns that uh, is uh, the Fire Sprite Studios guy. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Small, small, world. small world, very small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Persistence was great, and the uh, the port of Wipeout is amazing. I mean, they didn't port it, but they wrote the base code, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. They they know their way around the uh, the, the hardware for sure. Yeah, the closest side to Fabric in Manchester as well, aren't they? Um, that Fabric Games, so they kind of swap devs, so, you know, when they need to, to make sure they get stuff covered. And Fabric's a really good developer as well, so it's all good. Yeah, really excited for that stuff future's bright for sure yeah i look forward to whatever they're putting out i'm moving on to a very quick one that i was just i was just uh standing on um there's another midi console coming out this year yes i saw that how exciting the the sega mega drive mini is due oh, yeah. upon us on the september the 19th of this year um it's made by sega uh, which means it's probably going to have a bit more uh, legitimacy than the 30 pound ones you can buy in argos <laughs> Um, it comes with uh, two uh, two control pads and a USB power adapter, HDMI, all the usual stuff that you get in these mini consoles. And uh, there's 40 games, I think, included, uh, 10 of which have been announced so far. Echo the Dolphin, Space Area 2, Shining Force, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, uh, Gunstar Heroes, Altered Beast, Sonic the Hedgehog, Comic Zone, Toe Jam and Earl, and Castlevania Bloodlines, which is uh, a bit exciting. Um, is anyone up? for another mini console. I am waiting to see if it's got Speedball 2 on it. That's uh, my buy or wise. don't buy decision. Hinge. Unfortunately, the problem is, though, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by releasing the Sega Classic Collection on yeah, no. PS3, <laughs> PS4, and... PSVR. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about that, though. That's got all those games <laughs> on it. That's, I'm sure it's yeah, the, the, yeah, the, on it. Yeah, but the, the ports are really bad. Yeah, the emulation is really, really rough. Like, and okay. uh, I, I was really excited for that, and then I got it and thought, and when I, it was, I played it after Roscoe had released his review, and I was like, "What? He's giving it a five out of ten? How is, how is this possible? It's got Golden Axe and Sonic, and all, <laughs> you know, so many really great games." And then I played Sonic, and and within the first, in, within Green Hill Zone, I'd, I'd frozen up three times, oh and I'm goodness. like, "What wow. the freaking hell's going on here? This isn't Sonic." Obviously, the thing is with this this mini console, um, the the porting company that's been on it, they are apparently very very good. I hear very M- good things about the so. Yeah, it's yeah. M2, isn't it? They're the M2 they're, guys. Who, uh, they're amazing. A lot of the emulation. Uh, the Alex Kid Miracle World on PlayStation Now, I think, is done by them, and that's that's awesome. And uh, I think they had a hand in some of the mobile ports as well of Sonic One and Sonic Two, with um, Christian Whitehead and all that lot. So. It should be it should be pretty solid because those ports are fantastic. So fingers crossed, it's going to be good. I guess it's all dependent it's a, on uh, the rest of the games that they get that they uh, announce. 
And if it does well, yeah. do you think we'll finally get a Dreamcast Mini? Oh, God, that's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. Uh, right, uh, moving on then to uh, what is kind of the big topic of the week. Um, Greg Hicks, you're a big fan of Sekiro Shadows Dice Weiss, aren't you? Reluctantly, yeah, because it's just yeah. kicking my ass, yep. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, this week, uh, there was an article uh, that dropped on Forbes, of all places, um, proclaiming that Sekiro Shadows Dice Weiss, uh, the developers from software, should make the game easier for those casual people. And as you can imagine... This did not go down well on the internet's place. And there was a lot of argument about whether or not From Software should cater to a more casual audience in order to attract more people to their game or not. The funny thing is that the next day, another article went up saying, no, you know <laughs> it shouldn't be easier uh, from the exact same publication, but a different writer. It was kind of strange. Uh, so um, I know Greg and uh, Sean, you guys got into this uh, a little bit a few days ago. Um, I wonder if you could kind of expand on that a little bit. Uh, what... Do From Software really need to do anything? Do they know their audience? What do you think? Whatever I say is going to make me sound like I'm being a sort of fence sitter and afraid to take a side on either one. Um, I really hate the toxic sort of masculinity, and especially that post that I was saying to Ross about earlier on the um, shitty gamers take Twitter about the, the whole get good ethos behind it. That kind of annoys me because from software games have a certain lineage don't they you know they're going to be difficult um you go into that knowing that if i'm i mean is that just me that thinks that or do you kind of know that dark souls is going to be hard aren't they you do but there are ways around it which yeah. there aren't really in Sekiro. no the only problem that, the only thing that i will say that's lacking in Sekiro is the the feature that is available in Dark Souls and Bloodborne is the fact that you can get people to help you with bosses. Yeah. Now, I didn't use that very much in Dark Souls. So I'm struggling with Sekiro because it is difficult. And there's two bosses I'm stuck on because you can do sort of two divergent story paths. And I'm stuck on either of those. So my progress is going nowhere at the moment. So if they had an easy mode in, I would feel that it's taking away the reward of when you finally do beat those bosses but at the same time i can see why it's not accessible to people who wouldn't who want to give it a go but they know it's going to be difficult i've got friends that go like or have said to me they like the look of sekiro but they know they won't like it because it's difficult and therefore they won't even bother trying it so it's already alienating those people that know the lineage of those kind of games so i can see why people would be put off by that but at the same time i don't like the diehard fan base of souls born games that out those people as you know noobs casuals that kind of stuff so yeah it's it's hard to sort of sean take over because i'm sort of struggling <laughs> to find a conclusion in this yeah i think i think one of the things that a lot of um a lot of these put an easy mode in a souls born game article seem to mess is there's, there's there is a difficult a difference between difficulty and accessibility and, and uh, you know they they both overlap pretty heavily um but accessibility and, and difficulty offer two different things you know you look at um the, the last two made a game and the way that you could play that game in the highest possible difficulty setting but you could also um make it so that your platforming was dead easy that there was highlighted lines for um stuff for colorblind players and 
there was lots of hints to make a, the game as accessible as physically possible, despite the fact that it would also be not so hard. Yeah. So it is. It's it's difficult to talk about put it put it because whenever you bring up making a game easier, it's often met with, well, a disabled player wouldn't be able to play this, a lesser skilled player wouldn't be able to play this. And yes, I understand that by making a game incredibly difficult, that that from software do regularly now, they are excluding a vast number of people from playing that game. But should they um, put in an easy mode? I mean, one of the you know you have to you have to think that one of the main pillars of their design from any of these Soulsborne games is the fact that when you defeat a boss that's taking you 25 odd attempts to, to get past, you feel freaking brilliant. And, you know, to take that away, you would be left with probably a lesser game. It, 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 there are there are games that out there, there are a lot like from Software's games, um, but don't have that difficulty edge. There is an entire genre that I created, you know, the Souls-like genre that doesn't quite get um, often, what what it is that's good about a From Software game. So, it's it's difficult to to say whether they should or not because if you say yes, you are allowing people to play this game, which broadens its horizons, broadens its appeal, probably makes it a bit more mass market, and obviously would sell better. Um, but also that might be the temptation for a lot of people to say. I'm going to start the game on the normal difficulty. If I get a bit stuck, I'll knock it down to easy. And then if, if it gets really difficult, I'll knock it down to the easiest possible difficulty setting. And, you know, we all do it. Um, you know, I, I I think most people would admit to saying, you know, we start on the hardest difficulty, but when we get really stuck and we've got like 10 hours a week to play a game, it's time to knock the difficulty down. You know, time time is, is a lot less. It is for me anyway. Um but you know, having an easier difficulty might be the temptation that people want. So it's really tough to say whether you should or shouldn't. There, there are ways of making things difficult, though, aren't there? And uh, historically, you've been able to just grind through the difficulty or summon or things like. That. But look at look at Dark Souls Two, which sold itself on Prepare to Die. Yeah. And did, did I really feel with Dark Souls 2, they took the difficulty in just really the wrong direction and made it annoying difficult, not challenging difficult. Yeah. And and with Sekiro, I feel... I mean, I'm not a stranger to, to these games, but I really struggled with Bloodborne, that kind of opening first street and those two werewolves before that first boss. Yeah. were just excruciatingly difficult, especially because you couldn't really... Unless you knew what you were doing and you went off and kind of found the thing that let you level up you couldn't really upgrade through it and i feel sekiro's kind of taken that and stretched it out across the game because they've really locked the upgrades behind the bosses and the bosses can be really punishingly uh, impassable until you get their, their yeah, tactics I'm, down i'm experiencing that at the moment um I'll, i'm gonna say where i am um so if you don't want to get it spoiled, just put your hands over your ears for five seconds and go la 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 la. Um, <laughs> attack on Lady Butterfly in the past, yeah, yeah. and my name is blah 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 horseback rider. 
Can't remember. Oh uh, yeah. Those, those two. That's that's the point I'm stuck at. And I know that if, as soon as you beat either one of them, you can put your attack power up. Yeah, it's uh, the, yeah, it's just so knowing the tactics to them. But in um, sort of interesting bit of trivia that makes me laugh. I don't know if any of you guys follow uh, Chris Wall on Twitter. Who is the no. horse? White bright? I want to say off the top of my head. Um, we've been sort of yeah. back and forth about Sekiro, and he put out the other day because there's an item you can get called the Demon Bell. <laughs> yeah, I found if, that. If you ring story. it, it doubles the difficulty. Yeah, I turned off straight away. Yeah, he hadn't. He's taken. <laughs> oh, out, he's, taken <laughs> he's taken out three bosses. I mean, kudos to him because that is an impressive feat. But he's um taken out three bosses with the Demon Bell on. <laughs> which is a really good bragging rights, but he also said he was getting his ass kicked by roosters and lizards and stuff, which I think is yeah. hilarious. Because <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> oh, right, okay, whoops. I get my ass kicked by roosters without that bell. They're savage when there's it's more the, than one of them. It's the lizards. They're the worst. <laughs> it was uh, Chris uh, actually just just tweeted, holy He's shit, I beat him again. But yeah, his, his previous tweet saying about Sekiro, it turns out as he's exploring, he rang the demon bell without knowing it, and he's uh, like I said, at a good point, he's taken out three um three bosses, but he didn't realise he'd done it. So I said that's like unintentional bragging rights <laughs> on that. So uh, well done, Chris, if you do listen to this. Right, well, let, Lady Butterfly, I didn't realise that you could go another way, so I was just stuck on her for three nights, three hour sessions, beating oh, what, you didn't against her. No, I had like two heels because I went there as soon as you can ring the bell and go down that path. Uh, Oh, yes. No, I just got stuck there for days. (laughs) Not good times. Um, I mean, so the counterpoint to the easy mode thing, um, counterpoint, I'm not even arguing it. Um, I suppose if they did add it in, it wouldn't detract from the story, would it? It would just be more the challenge and the bragging rights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Should they? I mean, I guess the question is, do they want to sell more units, or are they selling enough units at, at its current difficulty? I don't think they sell it. I don't think they sell any more if they made it easy. I think the people that are going to buy it are going to buy it, and the people that want it but don't want to buy it because they think it would be too hard will eventually buy it. Yeah. <laughs> because because it's 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 got this amazing unique draw of you know it's going to be hard. It's a from software game, uh, you know, but um, it'll be you know you know what you're in for. And but it, I think at the end of the day, it's a, it's um it's a creative work uh, and works are created to make you feel something. Um, and the developers obviously don't want an easy mode because they don't want to ruin what they have sculpted, which is a machine to make you feel a certain they, thing. They don't want to compromise their lineage. Or their, right, their, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't think it is so much about accessibility. Like, you can put, uh, like, death signing on a Werner Herzog film and it's not going to ruin the film. But if you overdubbed <laughs> it with, with like, every, so everyone had American voices so it was easier for people in the Midwest to understand, yeah, that, that would screw up the feeling <laughs> that the film's trying to give you. Um, Amazing. So, what a so brilliant that, analogy that was. <laughs> from Sekiro to Werner Herzog, I like it. I'm going to probably uh, out myself right now, but I, I found Rogue Aces quite tricky at the beginning. Rogue Aces was kicking my ass for about half an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a learning curve, what? so yeah, yeah, we can't really comment on Sekiro. When, uh... It's just a nice, a nice, pleasant, infinite state game. Why is it, why is it beating me up this way? But, well, um... the, the, the crazy thing about Rogue Aces is it gets ridiculously easy as soon as you stop flying into the ground. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. There is that. There is that. 
there is that. Yeah, I mean, from a, I guess, yeah, from that perspective, um, is it is it something that's taken into kind of like strong consideration, like during development, like how difficult should we make this game? Is, is are we going to keep it as difficult as say some may have found? Don't die, Mister Robot, or are we going to make it a little bit more casual? Yeah. Where does that conversation start? It depends on the game. Like, so for Family Tree, you know, we're trying to um, make something a lot more broader. But for the other two, for, for Don't Die, Mr. Robot, you know, when you're making an arcade game that's about a short play session, but, you, you know, you're, you're supposed to come away feeling something. Um, yeah, it's got to be a challenge. And it's got to get into the challenge quite quickly. Um, and uh, I think with Rogue Aces... Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to start with because for a couple of reasons. One, it's it's not like an FPS where you get a new FPS, you know exactly what the controls are straight away. It's not like a driving game where you know R R two is going to be accelerating, left's going to be, you know, we had a we had a different control scheme in order to get across the sort of acrobatics we wanted to do and to make it the game we wanted, and that means. <clears throat> You've got to learn how to play the game to start with, which is what a lot of games you don't have to. Uh, that was one thing. And yeah. secondly, yeah, it's, it's an arcade game. So you, and it's an arcade game built for replayability. Um, so that does mean that initially you're going to have a little bit of a tough boot camp before you get into the, uh, the, the fun operations. That's, that's it's the way it is. It's by design, it's intentional. And we're unapologetic. <laughs> initial, what do you yeah, reckon? We talked. Yeah. We took it to uh, Norwich Game Fair, didn't we, Mike? And uh, yeah. we got, with no Auto Land feature, and we just had this one little kid <laughs> who just kept back, kept coming back over and over and again. He was determined to he land. Was about, it. What do you reckon he was about? So 10 like eight, or yeah, eight, yeah, nine, yeah. ten, something like that. And he was the tenacity on him was highly admirable. He but, sat there um, for about 20 minutes, half an hour. His mum kept coming past, checking he was all right, and we didn't mind. Uh, <laughs> just trying to land on the carrier over and over and over. And then and then he did it, and he looked at me, and his eyes were like saucers, and he lifted his, li- <laughs> lifted his little hand up for a high five. And it was like, yeah, man! Oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a feel-good feeling. But it was at that point we realised we might need to uh, add an auto land feature for, <laughs> for, the, for the less tenacious... Well, this is this is what I said in the uh, we went conversation the other day, and I'm pretty sure Ross is totally gonna misconstrue this because he knows what I'm gonna finish this with. Hmm. A hard a hard game I can I think about like whilst I'm at work. I'm at work going like, oh, what can I do with this boss on Sekiro? How can I beat this level on Trials? How can I do? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. can I do Dead Cells better? Like it constantly plays in my head. You not questioning myself and self doubt it, but it's like, how am I gonna how am I gonna fucking do this? It's so difficult. Ah. But there's lots of easy games that. Once I finish, I'm done, and I don't think about it because you just go, "Oh, that was a generic flash in the pan," like you say, shooter, driver, da, 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 and you just think, "Next." But it's the harder games that make you want to come back to them. It's our need to think, "Oh, I want to do that again and get it right." Like I, I wrote a review on Trials recently, and I absolutely hated the the leveling up mechanic in it, but I'm still playing it because I want to do it. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it, between uh, just making people give up and making them uh, persist. Tickling that thing in the back of the head that makes you go, no, oh, I want to do this. I really want to do it. Yeah. 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 Well, I got there in the end. I've got the platinum for Rogaces. So, suck it, Rogaces. <laughs> well done. <laughs> nice. I was very proud of that, actually. I don't really go for platinums very much, but I got... I think Greg's right. You do end up thinking about a game quite a lot, and um, especially if it's difficult, and you end up wanting to know more about the game. So uh, yeah, here you are on our podcast. Hey, so I think that's uh, I think that's testament to um, 
to how uh, to how much fun Rory Gazes is and how challenging it is as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really it glad keeps... you enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh man, yes. it's great. It's great, and it makes me shout a lot. Rory Gazes, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly even too much. Um, okay, cool. That's um, he, he also he also did the voice for uh, there's some kids thing, but I can't remember what it's called. But he, he does the voice for Grandmaster Glitch. I don't know if that means to anything to any of you. Oh my god, kids. yeah. Um, that's yeah. Grandmaster Glitch is from oh, what the hell is it called? With the dancing unicorn. Oh, what the hell? Welcome to Dad Chat. <laughs> Grandmaster Glitch uh, is like the big bad guy to the. the God damn it! They can't finish is that it, fucking sentence. Is it? Uh, is it? Is it? Go Jetters. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah, he does that voice as well. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's so cool. Mark something. Mark, Mark Silk. Mark Silk. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, he's got he's got so much range. What's yeah, he, he did. did a... He was in. He was in Star Wars. Yeah. God. Yeah. We need to get this guy on the podcast. <laughs> he was awesome, wasn't he? Yeah. Just yeah. the entire entire um, podcast just saying rogue aces. Just rogue aces! Oh, <laughs> he would do it. He would like. He, yeah. He he's. Uh, what's it like? He's a very enthusiastic man. Let's put it that way. He's. Uh, he has a lot of energy. Yeah. He's really oh, cool. God. Really nice guy. Uh, yeah. We're, Brinkley and Thunderbirds. I'll go. When when we were when we were recording the Rogue Aces um, VO like like when we were not recording he was basically just talking as, as Shaggy for me and he's like I mean he is Shaggy off off Cartoon Network Scooby Doo and it was mental just listening to <laughs> yeah, and yeah oh, I, I was not prepared yeah yeah exactly yeah yes, oh my uh, god he was he was the US Bob the Builder. <laughs> oh right, far out! I didn't know that. Okay. It was the American Bob the Builder. Something well, changed my mind on him. It was Neil Morrissey, wasn't it? Sorry, it was the English one. Yeah, Neil Morrissey yeah. was ours. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so anyway. there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> next next time you shout rogue aces, you can yeah, rest assured that it's coming from a fine pedigree. Thanks, Mark Silk. <laughs> Thank you very much for that one. Uh, right, <laughs> let's move on then to uh, the answers for the quiz. We'll wind this up. Uh, we're going to see how badly uh, we've done. Uh-oh. And, uh, okay. as long as I, 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 I just want to beat Greg. That's all. That's all. Oh, can I, can all I, right. can I answer the first two? Just because I'm really, really proud of these two. Um, yeah, go on then. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> question one was. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, you know, get your pat on the head. This was this was the Dark Souls slash Sekiro of puzzles, so that's fine. <laughs> You get the first two bosses and then this is, we'll, we'll this is move a Dark on. Souls like quiz. <laughs> okay, so question one was what is the name of the island installation that Solid Snake infiltrates in Metal Gear Solid? Greg? Shadow Moses. That's correct. Shadow Moses. Hey! Okay, um, question two what does the abbreviation STAR stand for in Resident Evil? Special Tactics and Rescue Service. Oh, okay, yeah. Greg, do you know the other one? So there's two abbreviations in Resident Evil. It, it normally gets mistyped as Special Tactics and Rescue Squad. That is correct, because yeah. it is referred to as Squad in the third game. Yes. So, the, sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. Question three. In 1979, David Crane, Larry Kaplan, Alan Miller, and Bob Whitehead all left Atari to form which video game developer? Mike, did you say you think you know this one? Yeah, is it Activision? It is Activision. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> excellent, excellent. I put in television. Oh. Tell oh, 
I thought it was Activision, but I thought it was too easy. Ah. Um, so, oh, yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> the, the story behind this is crazy. I'm just going to, like, quickly. So, like, um, Atari at the time were trying to release their first ever console, and the, the company was bought out by Warner um, because they needed extra capital. Um, when they did so, Warner got rid of the uh, Atari head and started basically mistreating all of their developers. So uh, Warner Brothers said basically nobody was allowed to get any royalties from any of the games that Atari sold, and they couldn't have their names in any of the credits for the game. So they wouldn't yeah. even give them credits. And so basically these four developers, which 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 kind of got really pissed off with the whole thing and said, okay, let's try and do it for ourselves, joined up with a, a lawyer and went off and formed Activision. So four developers who felt mistreated by their publisher left to create Activision. Who 30 years on later <laughs> went to publish Sekiro. Wow, okay. And um, they got to uh, fire 350 people for themselves. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Great, crazy irony there, yeah. Um, a pleasant company. So um, question four was, Fred Durst, the lead singer of Limp Bizkit, is a guest fighter in which video game? Just bring it. Just bring it. Is that what it was called? WWF, just bring it. I thought it was SmackDown, bring the pain. It's not. It's... Yes. Okay. Um, or Fire Club. You could have had him in Fire Club either. Was he in Fire Club? Oh, he yeah, was, he was, was in Fire Club too. Um, we don't talk about the Fire Club game. <laughs> no. So, um, question five. If I was to say to you, you fight like a dairy farmer, what would be the correct response? Poor... Uh, Ross, did you say you think you know this one? I know. I knew what game it was from. I didn't know the actual quote. Okay, so if if somebody was to say to you and you were sword fighting them, you fight like a dairy farmer. Your your response should have been how appropriate you fight like a cow, and that was obviously from Monkey Island and the whole sword fighting mechanic, where you have to uh, learn the responses. Um, um, question six. Which company developed and published the game G Police? Ross? Psygnosis. Psygnosis! That's correct. And they did do Demolition Derby, I remember that much. <laughs> they did a lot back then. Yeah. You could have thrown a stone and hit a game made by them. Um, mm-hmm. So, question seven in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There are 900 of these for you to collect around Hyrule. What are they? Um, Mike, any ideas? Korok seeds. Well Yay! done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, question eight was: What is the name of the town in which both Life is Strange and the prequel Before the Storm is set? Arcadia Bay. Arcadia Bay. Yeah, that's correct. Um, question nine: How many fingers does Crash Bandicoot have on each of his hands, including his thumbs? Fidesz. I know this one. Go on. He has got f- three fingers and one thumb. That four, is correct. Four is four, the answer. Four yeah. total, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how freaky it was when I first noticed that? Just like the other day, writing a quiz, thinking, what quiz question can I ask about Crash Bandicoot? And then realise he's missing a finger on both of his hands. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> isn't that isn't that quite, quite common for most animated characters, then? Yeah, it was. But like, I mean, like the Simpsons, Family Guy, Sonic. Well, yeah, it's it kind of ranges, doesn't it? Because like you know, the turtles have got two toes, three fingers. It's weird. God, I love turtles. Sorry, go on. 
Okay. Um, question 10. What is the name of the card game that first appeared in Final Fantasy VIII? Greg? Triad. Triple Triad. So it's an awesome card game. Um, question 11 was, what was the name of THQ's ill-fated drawing oh, tablet game peripheral? Any ideas, anybody? Do you draw? That's great. You draw. I know that. Yeah. I was working in HIV at the time when we sold a grand total of about one to Sean. Um, I was going to say that was probably to me. <laughs> Man, they, they had this like uh, was it super Marvel superhero. Um, Marvel Super Studio. That's the one. It was great. Did that um, a Disney princess thing with it as well? Yeah, Disney yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah, I think my daughter was really into that. Yeah, and I that my I just got like a stepson at the time and this is the thing we bonded over was the U-Draw and I was like super like it's like, that's amazing I have to go and buy some more games and then I went to game and they were like yeah they've stopped selling them buddy <laughs> it's it basically caved the entire company's fallen to pieces <laughs> it was weird though wasn't it because it wasn't like a mouse it was like a screen relative box and where you touched yeah. is on the screen it was it wasn't, odd to operate yeah, it wasn't wasn't the most intuitive of, of devices, but um, and I, I apologize if you can hear some squeaking. We just had some guinea pigs that seem to have woken up. Um, right, okay. Um, question twelve in Mike Bethel's indie smash hit, Thomas was alone. What color was Thomas? Anybody? Was he, was he blue? He was red. Oh, uh, no, the big chunky one was blue, wasn't she? Oh, I knew there was blue somewhere. <laughs> she's the one that's big, but she could float on. Yeah. Um, question 13. What is the name of the player character in the 1999 game Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver? Raziel. Raziel. Congratulations. Um, question 14. Uncharted's Nathan Drake is the self proclaimed ancestor of which real world sea captain, slave trader, and explorer? So Ranulph Fiennes. <laughs> Francis. That's correct. So Francis Drake. Um, and question 15, name two of the playable legends currently available to play in Respawn's Apex Legends. Anybody? Well, I've got uh, Bloodhound. Yeah. And Gibraltar. Nice. I've got Path- Pathfinder and Caustic. Nice. I've oh, got okay. it downloaded on my XMB, but I've never fired it up. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I don't remember those characters. <laughs> Mouthy ones. Um, so, if you are playing along at home, um, you could have had Bangalore, Bloodhound, Caustic, Gibraltar, Lifeline, Mirage, Octane, Pathfinder, or Wraith. And that is all 15 questions. So, how did you guys get on? Let's start with Greg. How many did you get, Greg? Um, I got. Hang on, I'm trying to do math now. One, two, three, four, five. Nine. I'm going to say 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, 10. 10. How did you do, Ross? I got 13. Wow. Wow. Charlie? 1. <laughs> Congratulations. If, if, if Paul had been here, we, it'd be we're, four, so. we're not playing it like golf. Where you got to It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Mike? Ah, uh, 3. <laughs> uh, that isn't bad, you know. Yeah, it is. 
it's 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 seriously not. It's like when 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 it, when Paul's here, like he googles. We know everyone, and I know you're listening to this, Paul. We know you Google, Paul. We know you to get nine out of ten. If, you, if we all if we all stop talking now, what you'll hear in the night is from London someone going, "You slags." <laughs> so yeah. Um, thank you very much for playing. Um, if you did play along at home, um, please let us know how you get on um, via comments or Twitter or whatever the hell you need to do. Yes, thank you very much indeed for that, Sean. I oh, am vindicated. Congratulations. <laughs> so we have a one, one Greg and one Ross, and we'll keep doing this until we get a winner. Or well, Paul wins one. We'll keep doing it until Paul wins, and then it's all over. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that. Uh, does uh, round up uh, this week's podcast only uh, left to say uh, what's coming out this week and hold on tight because it's quite the list of games we have Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission on Nintendo Switch coming out on the 5th we have Darksiders War Mastered Edition coming out on Switch on the 2nd and YouTuber's Life OMG coming <laughs> to Nintendo Switch um, on the 5th there we go what a week Hey! Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, there's also there's also a game called Beat Blaster, which is a high speed VR game about shooting and running where everything happens to the beat of the music that has a neon uh, aesthetic. Sounds yeah. very familiar. Sounds like amplitude. It sounds and looks like fucking Beat Saber. That's what it does. Sound and look uh, like. Okay. Um, oh, there's also Far Lone Cells coming out on PS4. This. Ah, oh, yes. Amazing. Been waiting for that. Oh, good. Well, you can go get it. This week. I will. I will. Do it. That's that really cool indie game where you go along in a boat that keeps falling to pieces and you have to keep fixing it. it I played it at GX like last year and it was it was fun. Oh, that one. And the shark and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Not a not a super uh, heavy week, but some kind of interesting things in there, it turns out. So keep an eye on your digital stores or your retail stores for these products. That does bring it in to this week's podcast. I want to say thank you to Charlie and Mike from Infinite State. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Pleasure. Thank you for coming on and gracing our uh, our podcast. Thank you, guys. It's been been awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, It's been uh, a pleasure. Uh, Don't forget, you can go and get Don't Die, Mr. Robot. Um, It's got an exclamation mark in the end, so I'm not sure how to really say it out loud. But Don't Die, Mr. Robot. Nailed it. That's it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Uh, DX. Yeah, DX and, and the DX is on Switch and the un-DX is on PS4 and Vita. There you go. And you can also get Rogue Aces <laughs> um, available everywhere, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Vita, PS4, X, uh, and Switch uh, later in the year. Uh, maybe on something else. We'll talk about that soon. Um, we've also got Rogue Aces Battle maybe coming out sometime soon, which is a multiplayer-focused version. Uh, but yeah, yeah, lots of lots of stuff this year coming from us. Fantastic. And of course, Family Tree is coming in summer 2019, yes. which is a probably. Yeah, probably, uh, yeah. Or probably. On a Nintendo Switch exclusive? Is that? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you get, you know, you, you, you announce you're making something and you get uh, loads of like Vita? Question mark. Vita? Yeah, yeah. Question mark. Uh, we're not being deliberately cagey we're just undecided (laughs) fair enough yeah it's i mean like you know let's not beat around the bush (laughs) there's a lot of uh there's there's not a lot of sales to be made anymore in vita 
<laughs> I'm afraid. No. Surprising that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's had seven good years. You know, it's had a really good run. But I think it's time. I think it's time to uh, respectfully put it to rest now, and 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 let us make something for new systems, <laughs> please. But yeah, but we'll yeah maybe. <laughs> We want it to die. <laughs> well, it was, it was a great machine ahead of its time, but yeah. um, this time has passed. Yes. Yeah. It came, it saw, it didn't unfortunately conquer. No, yeah. no. Sony, Sony oh. dropped it before anyone else. You know, yeah, right right at the end of your podcast, probably not the time to open the can about how it's basically no. just filling right. the same hole as the Switch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. It, I mean, it Whoa. is. It is. It is. They were they were right. ahead of their time, and then Sony let it drop, and it's not our fault. We we'd be making games for it definitely if it was if, it, if people were still buying them. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's not Infinite State's fault that PSP yeah. is dead. <laughs> no, no. I love that little caveat at the end. There. <laughs> um, just to, before we go, just to point out that Ross and I will be at EGX Res on Thursday. Oh yeah, we will. So if you want to come along, say hello, give us high fives. Or you know, call us names and run away. We will be there all day. <laughs> uh, London traffic permitting, because we're going to be there early-ish. <laughs> early, yes. We are leaving Taunton Town super early on Thursday morning. Yeah. Have I told you what time I'm picking you up yet, Ross? You haven't. Let's talk about that elsewhere. Yeah, because you're going right. to like it. It's all right. It's fine. It was my <laughs> yes. decision. We will be there all day on the Thursday, so come and say hi. Yes, and the uh, next week's podcast will be full of interviews and, uh, and uh, impressions of games that we play there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so there, that, that's around it. Ladies and gentlemen, can confirm Rogue Aces is coming to Google Stadia and Apple Arcade. Uh, don't, <laughs> I have no confirmation of that, but I'm just going to assume. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. No, no comment. They haven't. They didn't say no. They did not say no. So I'm just, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, no. Oh, I we fi- yeah, we fi- we filled out a form for for <laughs> Stadia. We'll see what happens. Cool. There you go. I can cut this bit out if you want me to. Yeah. Fine. I, I tell you what, can I just uh, say what's really cut, nice maybe... about Stadia is uh, you get online for free, kind of with local multiplayer. Hmm. That's the real appeal of that system. So, right, quite okay. excited for that. Oh, wait, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah, you're right, aren't you? So you could use two different and you could play local player online, couldn't you? Yeah, from yeah. a developer point of view, if you develop mm. local multiplayer, you just automatically get like online multiplayer for free. Uh, that architecture, massive. which is was massive for us because we struggle to do yeah, online. That's, that's that's great. That's awesome. Okay, let's we we end this podcast now. Uh, thank you yeah. very much indeed. Uh, uh, listening, of course, you can get uh, the Finger Guns podcast on iTunes and Mixcloud. Podbean and Spotify. We're still working on a YouTube one. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it might happen one day. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Look out for our EGX special uh, next week. And until then, it is goodbye from Grey Kicks. Goodbye. Goodbye from Sean Davies. Toodles. It is goodbye from Infinite State Creative Director Mike Dorr. Bye-bye. And it is goodbye from CEO Charlie Scott Skinner. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening, everyone. Until next time. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, I still haven't got an ending. That'll do. Bye. <laughs>